Hello all, welcome to the fifth podcast on the John segment on the TFHP. This time I will be covering the GameStop fiasco that has been going on because I think the explanations online are quite simplified and don't exactly go through all the details and the nuance that is uh, I find quite important. So, uh, first I'll start with a vaccine update. So, as of now I don't really have that much to say. Uh, I believe Johnson Johnson got their trial results. So on their website it says, it says our phase 3 top line or interim data showed that our investigational Janssen COVID-19 vaccine candidate is 66% effective overall in preventing moderate to severe hospitalization and death 28 days after the vaccination. So that's good news because I think that means it's effective. Uh, so now let's go on to GameStop. Uh, depending on when you are listening to this, um, there's been quite a bit of chaos in the world of finance uh, the past few months or days or weeks, depending on the day you guys are listening. So there has been a bunch of a, uh, let's call it inaccuracy on the internet as expected because, you know, literally anyone can post on the internet and especially in a world of uh, like uh, over-sensationalized news and celebrities uh, talking about things that I'm not sure they should be talking about. Uh, I want to give a, suppose a, a little more in-depth view of what actually happened and the context surrounding it. So it's my two cents. All right, so double check what I say, please. Uh, it's to in order to get the best data now, you you can't really rely on one person. You got to listen to multiple and then find what's the same, what's different, and uh, do your own research. Uh, there's no one person to trust in uh, the modern era. Uh, so there will be quite a few terms for you. But, uh, so, so you, the listener, will have to keep track of uh, all, all the weird things that I tell you that uh, caused the perfect storm uh, that caused a giant mess in the financial markets. And now I... And, uh, and after this giant mess, there will actually be some sort of congressional hearing. So... Let's start back in 2012. This is uh, further back than most people go in uh, discussing the history of what happened. But in 2012, um, a subreddit named r slash uh, Wall Street Bets, that's how they name like subreddits. So r slash, that's the thing for the subreddit that uh, says that it's a subreddit. So at this time, uh, the world of investing, uh, in the world of investing, it was almost, in quotes, common knowledge, unquote, right? So it was common knowledge, meaning that people, this is what people thought, which uh, is that you couldn't beat the index funds no matter what. And so much so that four years earlier, in 2008, uh, January 1st, uh, legendary investor and CEO of Berkshire Hathaway Holdings made a $1 million bet with a hedge fund named a Protege Partners LLC, where they, if they beat the S&P 500 over a 10-year period, they win the bet of a million dollars, and if they lose, they have to pay uh, Mr. Buffett a total of a million dollars, and uh, Mr. Buffett, he won. Warren Buffett won, and to clear, and to, uh, clear up what the uh, S&P 500 is, it's, it's uh, a passively managed index fund, so it's, it, it is the 
weighted average of the top 500 profitable, or uh, in the COVID era, formerly profitable companies in the U.S. Uh, by market cap. And the market cap is just how valuable a company is. And uh, it's now taught in the investing world, just everywhere, that you can't beat the index fund. So just put your money in the index fund. So, and put your entire retirement savings into the index fund and you'll be a millionaire by the age of 65 living on 4% of your retirement every uh, year and that's the best that you can do. Uh, an index fund is an investment vehicle that tracks an index such as the S&P 500. So some financial advisors might tell you to put your money somewhere else like uh, mutual funds which are actively managed funds by professionals. So uh, you leave it to the professionals to do your work for you. Uh, and fair enough, right? The S&P 500 has returned 500% since 25 years ago, meaning like a dollar invested in 25 years ago in the S&P 500, despite all the chaos that has happened in the world, uh, such as the multiple wars uh, the U.S. has been through, the 2008 financial crisis, 2002 tech bubble, and the 2020, I mean, now dragged down to 2021, uh, coronavirus pandemic, uh, would have turned one dollar invested back in 1996 like, uh, would have turned into six dollars today. So, uh, Wall Street bets. Uh, what a lot of the people on the subreddit uh, they challenge this notion. Uh, uh, in a joking manner, uh, it is important to know that uh, most investments are made in the stock market are made long term. Uh, so this is an outlier case of a group of people who with a very very high risk tolerance that that are looking for returns in another uh, financial instrument. Uh, the subreddit grew and grew and eventually developed a culture. Right, where people would put incredible amounts of money into incredibly risky investments where they would either lose it all or return hundreds of percentage points. And uh, they'd usually lose it all, but I suppose it was all in good fun. People would post screenshots of their impressive wins and losses, and they would be encouraged to do the signature Wall Street bets move, uh, the YOLO. So where they would put their entire portfolio into one singular investment which was incredibly risky uh, so which either paid off huge or turned or turned their account to zero so the investment vehicle uh, these eccentric investors use are called options contracts an options contract is a financial derivative where the buyer uh, which gives the buyer the ability to buy or sell a certain stock at a predetermined price by a predetermined date. The predetermined price is called the strike price and the predetermined date is called the expiration. The ability to buy uh, is called a call and the ability to sell is called a put. The counterparty to this agreement uh, is where they have to accept, has to accept the obligation to buy or sell the stock at a certain price by the certain date if the buyer of the option chooses to exercise their option. So in other words, uh, actually, uh, to actually exercise uh, the right or buy or sell, uh, the option seller. So so when the buyer actually does uh, exercise their option to buy or sell, uh, the option seller has to agree to this transaction no matter what. Uh, so this is 
what there are many different other types of options like binary options or index futures options uh but generally this is what people mean by what when colloquially when uh you say options uh so so either calls or puts and they're just abilities to buy or sell stock at a certain price by a certain date um if you didn't get much of that, it's okay. Uh, just remember that they're incredibly risky investment vehicles that can either expire worthless or return hundreds of percentage points. The subreddit developed its own culture, its own lingo, many inside jokes, and uh, there's a mix of dense financial language and casually, uh, what do you call it, politically incorrect uh, remarks. Effectively, it was the Wild West of finance, and fast forward to the summer of 2019, a user by the name of um, Deep Effing Value, where F is the, uh, the swear word, uh, saw an opportunity like no one else did. So his, use, his, his uh, tag was just U slash Deep Effing Value. Uh, so he saw that GameStop was highly undervalued. So here, here's where we actually get to the GameStop fiasco. So he saw that GameStop was highly undervalued and immediately what uh, did what the people on the subreddit did best. He put his entire portfolio of $50,000 into GameStop calls. So calls are a type of option that we discussed earlier, uh, which if you remember uh, what this option, price, uh, option contract does, uh, it means that he was betting on the option the price of the stock going up huge. Uh, so people ridiculed him, and uh, he actually faced a loss for quite a few months on this investment, but he actually just held on. Right? Uh, the, and the options he bought were quite long-dated, which means that uh, they expired in more than a year, which is typically n not the type of options that are usually traded. Usually, the more traded options are expiring in a few weeks or a few months. Uh, similarly, at this time, uh, the summer of 2019, Michael Burry, uh, which is another famous person, he's also the star of the uh, movie, the, the, the actual person, not the not the actor, but the like actual person that the movie uh, The Big Short is based off of, so also saw this opportunity of this stock and had his hedge fund, which he was managing, buy into the stock too. Uh, Michael Burry is uh, notorious for using... Uh, financial derivative called a credit default swap in during the 2008 financial crisis where he was uh, insuring the uh, mortgage bonds that he did not own uh, so so and he profited a lot based uh, despite the stock market crashing and uh, the real estate housing bubble pop uh, effectively the credit default swap is kind of like a put option uh, but you have to, but instead of just paying an upfront fee, you have to pay every like so often, uh, as the con as the contract states, uh, to almost like renew the options contract. Uh, fast forward to let's say almost now. So people are discovering that the stock is heavily shorted. So shorting or short selling is when you borrow a share from your broker and your broker sells it in the open market. And you have to return the share sometime by buying it back, and you hope to profit the difference from selling it on the open market and buying it back. So you want it to go down. Uh, you also have to pay a fee or some interest rate to borrow the stock. Uh, it's called the borrowing fee. So up to four, 140% of the float, 
or total shares were shorted of uh, GameStop. So first of all, uh, th this suggests naked short selling, so which is uh, illegal. Right? Naked short selling is when the portfolio does not own the shares, but still allows you to short the shares. Uh, selling the shares that no one else uh, has on the open market uh, is illegal. And uh, a 140% float seems to suggest that that is happening. Uh, it's very suspicious. And uh, I'm fairly sure the people in law are doing something right now because there's a congressional hearing about this whole fiasco and um, some something's not right because somebody's lying or somebody shorted the sock naked. Um, either way, uh, there, there's also the possibility of uh, people artificially shorting the stock uh, using options contracts. So one simple way to do this is to sell a call and buy a put. Uh, so the premiums of the both contracts cancel, uh, and you end up with a profit and loss uh, the same as shorting the stock. So to sum it up, uh, a lot of people are betting against GameStop. So much so that the bet against GameStop is more than uh, how much games like the whole company GameStop is worth itself. Uh, so, which is uh, it, it has not happened in history. This has not happened in history. So in the fourth quarter. GameStop announced that they'll be adding Ryan Cohen to the board of GameStop. So he has a history of making insane comebacks for companies. For example, Chewy, uh, he turned into an e-commerce giant. So the company has the valuation of the company has risen like many, many times uh, before then before he joined the board of that company. So people think that this will be a repeat of Chewy. Uh, you think GameStop would eventually go out of business because they're a brick and mortar store? Um, but people are hoping, especially in a world that uh, video games are increasingly being downloaded online instead of being bought at shops. But people are thinking that uh, Ryan Cohen can turn the ship around. Um, so, I mean, especially because, especially because right now everything's online. Uh, it's even tougher for GameStop to, to, to uh, remain profitable, which it has failed to do. So people are hoping that Ryan Cohen turns the ship around. Uh, as he joins the board. So as he joins the board, uh, investor confidence rose and the stock shot up more than 100% over the course of weeks. Uh, and uh, the short sellers, uh, they started to go bust. Uh, so this is when the subreddit Wall Street bets really caught wind. Uh, so the subreddit mentioned earlier, uh, the people on there uh, bought a bunch of call options on the stock. Uh, anticipating a massive move up, which uh, did happen because it was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, uh, as will be explained later. Uh, encouraging, so so they all encouraged each other to put in massive amounts of capital into this risky invest investment vehicle. So initially, they saw wild success because the volume uh, on GameStop call options created a massive call skew. On the options chain, meaning that there were was a uh, way more demand for call options than put options. Uh, usually, when options are bought, uh, the counterparty, so the guy selling you the options, is a computer algorithm that is trying to take advantage of the bid ask spread to profit like fractions of a penny uh, off the order that you put in. So this is called scalping. Um, and luckily, they there is an equation called the Black-Scholes equation, which is what the computer algorithms use to price these options. 
and these options. These algorithms just use this equation and plug it in to see what the actual price of the option and like scalp fractions of penny based off of how you buy or sell it. Uh, you can, there's a whole page on Wikipedia that, that you can read on this subject. You can also, there's probably better places to find this equation and find the explanation, but um, it basically prices the price of a European call option, uh, which effectively is an American call option, but because of the way how because nobody exercises their options before the expiration, uh, usually. Uh, okay, that, that, that's uh, th there are two. So there are two key elements of uh, options that are important to what happens. Uh, so there's delta of the option and gamma of the option. So imagine the stock chart as a graph. Uh, delta is the derivative of the well. Okay, maybe not the stock chart as a graph. Um, imagine just the stock as a function, stock price, no, the, the, the options price as a function of a uh, stock price. So delta is the derivative of the stock, of the price of the options contract with respect to the movement in the stock price. And gamma is the second derivative of the price of the options contract with respect to the movement in the stock price. So for a long call option, uh, where the strike price is above the market price of the stock, as the stock price goes up, the delta of the contract goes up, and then when the delta of the contract uh, goes up, the gamma of the contract also goes up. The delta and gamma of a call option contract is always positive, so you can find out exactly how much uh, these are by plugging the other values such as into the uh, Black-Scholes equation, which prices the theoretical price of these options contracts. So where you have to put in the strike price, and apply volatility, and the and the uh, risk-free interest rate. Um, keep in mind that the derivative does not mean the slope of the graph of the stock chart because the, the stock chart is the, the the price of the option graph versus time. It's of the price of the option versus uh, the price of the stock. It's a little different. Um, the guys at Wall Street Bets figured out how to take advantage of this call skew. So with so many calls in circulation, the quant funds, or uh, previously mentioned as the market makers, uh, had to hedge the delta of these calls that they sold. So because the delta is always positive, as mentioned earlier, they have to, and they sold it, that means they shorted the delta, which means they have to uh, hedge this delta by buying shares, which are positive delta, because when you buy stock, uh, when the stock goes up, uh, you profit, and when the, well, you make money, and when the stock goes down, you lose money. So uh, the delta is positive on the stock, so they buy stock but short the calls, uh, and they remain delta neutral, which means that they don't make money either way. But they don't, so they're basically, but they're scalping pennies from the buyers of these uh, options contracts because of the mispricing on the market. Uh, but because there was an influx of call options being bought. There was an influx of shares being bought by the market makers as a hedge, and because uh, there is more supply than demand, this drove the share price up. Because this is the quite unusual um, for for a large volume of calls being bought. So if the delta is the first derivative of the option price versus the price of stock, and gamma is the second derivative of the option price versus the option 
uh, option price versus the uh, price of the stock. The gamma as a function of the stock's price is the derivative of the delta of the func as a function of the stock's price because that's how derivatives work. Uh, so the market makers have to buy more shares to hedge delta, which drives the price up even more. Uh, well, let's go back a little bit. So because gamma, so the second derivative of the price of the option versus the price of the stock is always positive uh, uh, and it never at any point crosses zero for, for the call option uh, because you know it's always positive. Uh, as the stock price moves higher, the market makers have to buy more shares to hedge their delta uh, because delta increases as the stock price increases due to the positive gamma, uh, which drives the price up, uh, which then, uh, because the price of the stock goes up, the delta goes up because the gamma is positive, and then the hedge funds to hedge the call that they bought, they have to buy even more shares creating more demand for the stock and this uh, this is called a gamma squeeze and this is what happened uh, another thing that to this is not this is what happened to drive the stock up to insane levels another thing that happened was the short squeeze this is what people refer to uh, bl this is what people blame for the uh, rising prices so many hedge funds uh, so not the market makers but the guys on Wall Street with uh, fancy suits uh, were caught in a margin call, so the broker forced them to buy back shares uh, that they shorted at the market price to prevent further losses because they were betting against the stock and they were down like thousands of percentage points, uh, and this created a demand influx because they had to buy back the shares no matter what price, uh, which drove the price even higher, which caused more brokers to demand uh, that uh, their to demand investors that, that were short GameStop to buy back the shares to prevent further losses. Uh, and it's another self-fulfilling prophecy which allowed the price to skyrocket. So both the gamma squeeze and the short squeeze uh, contributed to the rise of GameStop. And soon the uh, subreddit r slash Wall Street Bets made headlines all over Wall Street. And the subreddit became uh, the number one trending on Reddit. The number of members also skyrocketed. And uh, the subreddit became just a, for a short time, a cult of people buying GameStop stock. So, from a while earlier, the guy who saw the opportunity, deep effing value, uh, was also holding his um, position at a massive gain at the time. So, once, uh, before it was just 50,000, uh, turned into 40 million. He was seeing gains and losses of uh, millions of dollars every hour and tens of millions. Daily, which is incredibly, which I find, uh, I can do that myself, but that, that's, in, that's incredibly much. It's, it's very, very, uh, he's got nerves of steel. Uh, he would, so he would post screenshots of his portfolio uh, daily on the subreddit, and as well as live stream uh, on YouTube, and he's, and, uh, he got so much publicity, he's supposed to testify at the congressional hearing about GameStop, uh, the, the situation with GameStop. And um, after this, the, this shady stuff starts happening. Uh, this shady stuff involved Melvin Capital, 
much hedge fund losing billions, ending down 50, 53% since the start of the year, even after a bailout by uh, Citadel Capital, uh, which was just two months ago. Uh, you know, well, the start of the year was two months ago. Uh, they, they got bailed out in somewhere, sometime in January. And mo most brokers, a lot of brokers, were restricting trade of this ticker along with other stocks uh, alleged, so because of alleged, alleged uh, liquidity issues with the broker, uh, with the brokers and their clearing houses, especially especially uh, claims made against Robinhood, which is partially owned by Citadel, which has an interest in uh, GameStop stock, GameStop stock tanking because they they uh, bailed out Melvin Capital, which is short GameStop. So. So, because there's a conflict of interest, this actually sparked a uh, congressional hearing. And, w w at least as of now, we're seeing uh, bipartisan support from all sides of the political landscape. So, this is the unity that uh, brings America together, I suppose. Well, hopefully. Uh, and you see many political figures on the right, on the left, uh, all sides of the political spectrum coming together and actually agreeing on some vague sense of uh, there's something going on that's not right. Uh, so I'll get into this the next episode because I need to think of, I, it's getting difficult to think of things to talk about. And I'm sorry to leave you all on this uh, cliffhanger, but uh, so thank you all for listening. I, and I hope you guys have a great life.